I always think there, should, there is an asterisk against the team that wins the cup on penalty kicks. Possible exception of an Ireland youth team, maybe going back a little while. Yeah, yeah, I know, I don't know. No, no problem with that. I mean, I've no problem with, with you know. With... Sixty-two games, one hundred and sixty-three goals, twenty-six podcasts, two tired hosts, and one world champion to be crowned. Later, we'll be joined by Brian Kerr to give his verdict on France against Argentina. But first, we're with Daniel McDonald. And Dan, it feels like a long time since you were discovering the 24-hour McDonald's near the hotel room and Ireland's game against Malta, which, of course, as everyone remembers, came on the opening day of the tournament. How are the final days going in Doha? Who who won that game? Who won I the can't Ireland remember. Malta game? <laughs> I honestly can't remember. I'm trying to remember it. Uh, I, Just I as think, I was speaking there. I think Ireland won that game, didn't they? One nil. Like I'm normally very good on details and stuff, but I can't remember. Genuinely, <laughs> you didn't tell me we we're going to discuss this, right? So this is completely like <laughs> Callum O'Dowd hit the post late on to make it two nil. So Ireland did win the game one nil, and I'm normally like pretty good on the details of that type of thing, and I I can't remember. I'll remember before the end of the show. Um, and it's actually sort of quite annoying now that I genuinely can't remember what happened there. Um, but anyway, yeah, um, the 24 hour McDonald's, yes, that is, it's a long time ago. It is. It's weird, like, the last week of the tournament, I just mentioned this in the newsletter I do, that um, I suppose, like, I mean, there's no suppose about it. I mean, like, you know, the World Cup final is the, in my view, like, the best sporting event you can attend. But the energy of the World Cup and the atmosphere is in some ways the first couple of weeks and then you get to the last week and it sort of uh, it meanders along a bit, particularly when the semi-final ends. And I suppose in a way it sort of makes sense. Like as countries go, uh, people go, you know, more more, yeah. more fans go uh, and some, you know, media go, like people just like you have organizations with loads of people, they might leave one behind. And the place sort of um, does have an, an emptying out vibe around it. So, um, you, you know the the imprint of the tournament will be more visible, um, say during the group stages than it will be a couple of days before the final. Um, you know it's mm-hmm. not as if you're sort of walking around to sort of uh, final fever. Although of course there are places you can go, where you, you know where you, you can find it. So it's it's always one of the things about the the World Cup final week that, um, in a strange way, it just gets to like that the second semi final is over and it feels like a long time to. The, the final itself but then of course you know you, you walk into the stadium on final day or you take your place wherever you are in the world to watch it and it's um it's you know it, it grabs you in more than anything else possibly can but this is a sort of a weird sort of purgatory yeah it feels like i'm not sure how many days in a row i think it was felt like maybe about 10 days in a row where there was four games a day and gradually easing down to just the one game a day with the semi-finals um it's not to say the air has gone out. There, there's a, it, it's a strange dynamic of there's there's fewer talking points in some way, but everything is suddenly getting more important. Um, just one thing that we it is another long time ago with Infantino's press conference to open the tournament, where you know he was he was everything. He described himself as being more or less everything except possibly shy and retiring. His final press conference to close the tournament didn't quite have as many sound bites in it, but it was. There was a few interesting talking points, nonetheless, not least the 48-team World Cup confirmed for 2026. 
Yeah, well, I mean, I think the, the 48 Team World Cup has always been confirmed for 2026. There's no, that's never been in doubt. But the 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 it's the, the format around it is more the, uh, the the thing that's a little bit more up in the air in the sense that um, it's the, the 16 groups of three. When it was like announced and confirmed it will be 48, it was very much presented in the context that there have been 16 groups of three, whereas now... Um, you know, one of the questions at the thing today was about well, there, there, you know, there'll be teams effectively fixing games or making arrangements in in three team groups. You know, this is this is something that's happened in the past. You're going back to sort of uh, eighty two and, and and various instances where these things happened or were alleged to have happened. Um, so mm-hmm. the idea of like twelve groups of four, um, is a a better one probably in terms of like the integrity of the competition and and teams going all that way to play you know two games where you could be almost gone out your hands after the first one um Mm -hmm. you know at least 12 groups is better but but that would make it longer that would generate more revenue potentially more games um and and infantino's on about you know the the next tournament being worth potentially you know double the amount of of this four-year cycle um, but but obviously that would make it a bit more of a marathon in some ways, and then you know forty eight into thirty two, you'd have an extra round of knockouts, um, potentially more meaningless group stage games. Although I still think the the twelve mm-hmm. fours is far better than the the uh, the sixteen threes, that's for sure. And and there will be more places to go around, although um, not not a huge amount of extra places for Europe and for teams like Ireland, who I remember beat Malta. When uh, Callum Robinson was gifted a goal by that Maltese uh, back pass, which is, which I mean, oh, of course, like, yes. like, in, like Infantino's oh, Infantino's opening uh, press conference was an own goal, um, similar to you know the Maltese performance. Uh, just just gave everyone uh, Maltese uh, gift to, to Robinson. This one was a lot more um, less 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 embarrassing for him, but still. Um, I mean, it's, he's not exactly someone who, who would fill you with great confidence. He was quick to clarify that, uh, you know, there's there's no, nothing to stop him now staying until 2031. That is his his, his maximum three-year term it doesn't include his provisional three-year term at the start, which was basically a full a full a full term uh, minus one year. So um, potentially, potentially, you could have 15 years of of Infantino that were not even. Potentially halfway into his uh, his his era here, so um, yeah, the the press conferences will continue. What was striking today, while he did take questions about Qatar and stuff, it was very much trying to, you know, pointed towards the future. Uh, you know, the, the World Cup of twenty twenty six will present less uh, questions for them uh, as regards the identity of the the host. So plenty going on off the pitch and after the break we'll speak to Brian Kerr get his verdict on France against Argentina Hey Brian thanks for joining us how are you first of all? Good Aidan yeah I'm, um, I'm in I, I take it took a bit of time out from watching matches last night and uh, joined a bit of a Christmas party with the Fabulous staff of um, Kappa Kappa Hospital. So I'm um, in very much in recovery mode. I'd say today, but I'm grand. It was it was a good day. Good stuff. Good stuff. Good cause. I think the last time we spoke was just before Argentina against Holland, um, when they were very good for a long time, and then Vicars came on and kind of put the cat among the pigeons. But have you been impressed by Argentina in the two games since? 
Um, yeah, I think as the tournament has gone on, Argentina got better. They certainly, we know they had a, a rocky start to were beaten by Saudi Arabia and then they were under pressure then from the off saying, would they actually get out of the group? And they well, managed to get the couple of results they needed. Be Poland handy enough, be Mexico, be Mexico forced in Poland. But um, I think they've had to they've had to adapt. Um, I think they've had to, to to change tactics from match to match. They've changed system from match to match as well. They haven't always been right on top of it. Some games have been very, I'd say tame enough um, in the first half of matches and it's kind of when Messi gets going and, and, and does something magnificent as he's done in, in you know probably three games in a row now um, that's when they get going but you know you look at, at the Netherlands match they were on the edge of, of, of losing that match Aiden. you know the 2-0 lead looked like they were coasting and then you know, Netherlands threw on the big fellas up front and started banging her in the box. It was a, the the um, complete opposite of total football. And funny enough, yeah. we've seen that before with, with, with um, Netherlands here in Dublin many years ago. And they yeah. did the same thing and put through loads of players forwards on the boot. Anyway, they booted in the box and they got the two goals back. Two great, it's a great goal. The second goal, the, the free kick, very clever. Big course at the end. And then in, in, in extra time, there wasn't really much happened. It almost looked like they had um, settled for that. I'd say the Netherlands and Argentina weren't good enough to go on and get a get a winning goal, and they end up winning the match on penalty kicks. Um, and they, we saw the nasty side of them. I'd say yeah. uh, after that game and the, the, their attitude towards the the Dutch players, which I have to say I I didn't like it. It was a, a a rough house match. He was eighteen yellow cards, and uh, but I think against Croatia they were they were much better against Croatia. Again, it was it took a half an hour. Not much, not much happened. Um, in the in the early part of the game, there was a lot of cancelling out. Croatia were probably better team on top in the middle of the pitch with Modric and uh, Kovacic and Brozovic. They were slightly the better side, but. Argentina kind of dug in and they were waiting on those moments and then you know to get the break of, of the penalty which was which was let's say disputed penalty I, I my instinct at the time was it was a penalty I know he was would say it wasn't much the goalkeeper Livakovic could have done but it, I felt it was a penalty Messi scores the penalty and then it, it seems to kind of take the pressure off them um, and then you know, after that, Alvarez does the stuff. Messi controls the game. The last quarter of an hour, the first half, second half, moments of magic from him all through it. So he's got better as the tournament's gone on. But I suppose the the team you look at it, the backup players aren't brilliant, but they've found a steady shape and combination in the midfield area. They've varied between three at the back, um, uh, or. Three of the back are two set of halves, Romero, Otamendi. At times, they, they start with uh, Martinez as well in the centre back positions. Last game in Croatia, they were back to a four. They often bring on Martinez then when they get ahead mm-hmm. and they want, they want to hold on to it to become really solid then. Um, but then we had that wonderful tour goal, you know, an unforgettable goal 
one of the one of the great goals of this World Cup and any World Cup, I suppose. But yeah, one thing that interests me, there hasn't been that many great goals in the competition. There hasn't been that many fabulous long-range goals. A lot of the goals, most of the goals are scored from inside the box. We know that now. A lot of them are scored inside inside the six-yard box. We haven't had any of those kind of blasting long-range goals or free kicks over the wall into top corner. Um, I suppose the reason for that, I think teams are better organised defensively. Um, the goalkeepers are better. The walls defensively are better organised in general. Um, but no. so Argentina are in, I think in good shape um, have proved as it improved as it's gone along have found a way of of coping with leaving Messi just up the pitch to walk around for mm-hmm. plenty of time in the match that we see you know you look you, if you look at him uh, in the game he, he don't watch the ball so much just watch him he's, a lot of the time he is just Walking around, and he's actually a lot of time he's walking away from where the ball is, where the build-up play is going, as if he's he, he kind of he's uh, leaving it to the rest of them to to kind of enjoy themselves with the ball a bit, and then when he feels it's the optimum moment for him to get it in the most dangerous position, he makes his move and he pounces and he makes you know something like that fabulous pass for uh, Molina. For the for the for the brilliant goal uh, against the Netherlands, what a good pass that was! And but then, you know, he he he's probably done much more in the in the tournament than I expect him to. But the but but supporting cast have got better as it's gone on. In the early stage, I thought they weren't going to be good enough because I didn't think the the, the backup would 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 be solid enough defensively. Otamendi has been. He was almost a figure of fun when he was at Manchester City towards the end. Yeah. You know, he's at Benfica playing with Vertonghen um, and you're kind of going, two old boys there. and They do all right, but they're not that great. But he's been very, very good in this. He made mm-hmm. the odd mistake, but he, he generally has been good. Romero has, has got better as it's gone on. He's made mistakes too against Australia when they look like Buckland and uh, when Australia got back into the match. But They've just improved. I think Alvarez, the youth and the energy to come into the team after the Saudi Arabia game is very, very important. Fernandez, youthful player. I think he's 21. McAllister is 23. Uh, 23. Alvarez is 21. Um, I think that youth and energy, because none of them were part of the 25 game run and beaten run they had before they came to this. They weren't in the team. Yeah. And because of the Saudi Arabia game and how it's gone since then when Fernandez came in and got a fabulous goal and, and he's in the side, McAllister's in the side. And because I think um, uh, Latoro Martinez has been poor when he's played and he's missed the chances when he's not, you know, Messi's put him through a couple of times. He could have wrapped up the game with Australia and he didn't. I think uh, Alvarez has come in and he's his work rate and his energy is part of allowing Messi to just wait for the moments. But Alvarez has been very good, good goals, good finishes, but also really good uh, pressuring defenders when it took to that. We, we saw him getting a goal in another match when he um, dispossessed the, the goalkeeper, picked up on the dispossession and stuck it in the net. So he's been he's been vital to it. So they found the team that, that's working. Yeah, the manager obviously, uh, Lionel Scaloni, would have been 
parts of that Argentina team that would have played against your team in '97, among a lot of <clears throat> among a lot of great players, Riquelme and Aymar and the likes. I'm not going to ask if you thought he could be a manager then, but have you have you been impressed by him in this tournament, given how how well he's adapted his his team to to find a formula? Yeah, I think he's he has been very impressive. But obviously with Deschamps and the 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 manager in Morocco, they've done great great jobs. Those managers, but you know, given that he hasn't had a, a long club career, he's a relatively a young guy. What am I thinking? There's uh, those lads were um, they were seventy seven birthdays that that on the twenty World Cup. So I'd walk off that. So that would would make him forty five. Would it make him about forty five? So he um. You know, he hasn't had a long career. He's man as a manager, club boys. He's managing underage international teams, and by its nature, Argentinian teams they have a lot of fairly big name, big name players, uh, big egos about them, and you know, not not the easiest job to manage the Argentinian team, national team, any national team, but Argentina, Brazil, the level of expectation is so huge. That's a tough job, but. He's been prepared to adapt and make the changes as the games have gone on. They got over the Saudi Arabia one. Didn't look well in that match. Didn't play very well. Did enough against Mexico, but a bit better. Um, did did enough against Poland, a little bit better. Australia had, they had sticky moments in the match, as I said. So, but he's prepared to change with the flow of the game, adapt with the momentum of the game. And, and and generally it's 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 about well when we we get ahead as we saw against the Netherlands it's let's sure up shop a bit and and be content with that and yet they had to go again once Netherlands got the two goals back and and you know, just about had enough I mean they end up winning on penalty kicks so it's it's tight stuff but I think he's done a superb job he's one of I think the staff you, you mentioned they they've Pablo Emar is the assistant and Walter Samuel is is a. Uh, is is one of the coaches as well, and all three of them were part of that team that uh, we played in ninety seven World Cup semi final. They, they had a fairly decent team as it turned out after. It can be Asso as well, who another fellow who had a great career, Real Madrid and um, Inter. I think he was at Riquelme, yeah. Barca, and Villarreal. Um, who else did they got? Uh, they, 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 another few. The lad that scored against us, Romeo, had a decent career. As well, so Scaloni was a midfield player, tidy, very neat and compact and tidy on the ball. Raquelme was the man, though, and I, I already Cambiasso had been making a bit of a name for himself. He's already a first team player for juniors, I think. But um, so it's interesting they're, all, they're, they're back together in, in this, such an important role. Um, but they were really, really good side. Although we should, we should have at least got a draw in that semi final. I mean, the goal was. Just, Scrappy goal that deflected, I think it deflected off Colin Hawkins. Um, if I remember correctly, he went on a bit of a loop over Derek O'Connor and goal. But we that was it was early enough in the second half, maybe 10 minutes into the second half. We really took the game to them now. We controlled the game, and the crowd in uh Kuala Lumpur were, were all behind us. <laughs> I find it hard to believe, but the, the crowd were very much we, we were probably a bit of the I was going to say we were the Morocco of of that World Cup. We actually beat Morocco along the way, um, in the last sixteen. They were the African champions, but the crowd with Malaysia were very much behind us, and we we were um we were well well on top in the game. We just couldn't get the goal. Alan Kirby had a got right through. We remember one one on one with the goalkeeper. I think the goalkeeper was 
Franco maybe had been the goal. Anyway, it was a 1v1. Keeper saved it off his legs. Colin Hawkins had a great chance from a header on a, on a, a corner late on as well. Just whizzed over the top of the bar. We knew, anyway, they went on to win it and we won the tour place playoff against Ghana. But they've done all right some of their fellas. They have. They have, absolutely. At, at this stage of the tournament, like even those games, any, any major tournament, are, are players and managers sort of trying to convince themselves. You hear people say, it's just another game, just do what you do. You know, are they trying to convince themselves that it is another game and trust the process, I suppose, is a phrase that people use a lot. Or are they kind of embracing the enormity of the occasion, do you think, and, and, and getting the best out of themselves that way? That's an interesting one, Aidan. I think, um, I think the Argentinian team, uh, we'll speak about France as well, but the Argentinian team is, is a very much, it's a kind of an emotionally driven team. I I. That's my flavour of it, that it, it, it's kind of, it's so important to the whole nation um, and it, 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 it kind of encapsulates the, the personality of, of the country in, in a way. And uh, so I, I, I don't think, I don't think there'd be anything like that going on in the few days they've had between Tuesday, Tuesday night, wasn't it Tuesday night very much? Tuesday, Wednesday, yeah, wasn't yeah. Tuesday, Wednesday, every Tuesday, Francis, Wednesday. Since Tuesday, I mean, it would be very much recovery stuff. Manager would be you know, dealing with the medical staff all the time. There's been a little bit about that's Messi's been carrying the hamstring. There was a period in the game the other night before he, he turned on the wizardry where he seemed to be bending over and stretching his hamstring. So they'd be looking after the players. They'd be you know, doing the analysis stuff from France, obviously, and showing the players where the, the threats come from and the French team and the style of the French team and, and where they might exploit weaknesses. Um, would they would they be treating it just as another game? I doubt that. I mean, they know how important this is, what an opportunity it is. I think Messi has become much more involved and much more, uh, not just the personality on the pitch, but I think he's been, a, he's been almost... A backup to the manager. I mean, they've had, you know, they've gone through the Maradona phase of management, which what wouldn't have been very, I'd say, I'd say it was somewhat volatile to say the least. And and because of his genius and reputation, it would have been harder for Messi to work with him. But I think now, as Messi's matured and he is the main man, he is the captain. He's taken on that role in a much stronger way in terms of being the the one that's a little bit demanding of the other players and that they they respect his his magic and his ability to pull something out of the fire for them and they're prepared to weigh in and do whatever's necessary. All all other nine, nine outfield players and the goalkeeper to allow him to have his moments to size up when that moment is and and to be in the position for the pounce when the opportunity comes. So, um, I, I so just go back on, on where are they at and uh, would 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 the talk be of it's just another game? I think I don't think so. I think the talk will be of this is, you know, the best chance we've had to do this in how many World Cups since they played Germany in the final two thousand twelve? Was it? Was it was, um, Thousand twelve with Germany. So is that right? Am I right? Saying that 20, was, uh, 2014. 2014. Sorry, twenty fourteen against Germany. So they get another chance um to do it. They know the importance of it. Um 
but they also got to be disciplined and controlled. So I'm sure that's what the staff are emphasizing that, you know, they've got a, a, a well, like you'd imagine the stadium, it won't be that many French supporters in the stadium again. We've seen that with all the European teams, saw that with, with, with France and Morocco, the whole stadium almost was uh, on the side of Morocco and dressed in the Moroccan, Moroccan kits and flags. So they'll have all that, all that emotion behind them. But I'm sure there's be an emphasis on controlling the emotion in playing with power and playing with strength and playing with with um, a desire, a passion and all that. But also in not losing the head and, and, and not not forgetting the the tactics of the game and where the threats are going to come from from France. But it, it, it can't be just another game for them. There's too much emotion involved. And, and, and I think now the whole Argentinian support and country where previously Messi was there was an element of I suppose um, frustration that he hadn't managed to get them over the line as, as as Maradona did that now they see him in what he's doing in this tournament and they, they've seen the emotion of him they've seen him kind of spitting a bit of fire at the, at the Dutch players after the penalty kicks they've mm-hmm. seen him leading the singing after a match they've seen him kind of uh, haranguing the referee getting away with the odd, odd tackle got away with a handball where he could have got put off stuff like that they, they're seeing the different side of them that they that they identify with and yeah. um, you know he's always had this bit where look he never played in Argentina he went away to, as a boy to a role to Barcelona never come back to play there so there's always another element of, was he really ours? Now they really believe in mm-hmm. him, and he, you know, he's shown what he can do to try and get them across the line. This one, I suppose, that's why most people like there's a lot of nastiness about the way the Argentinian team has behaved at times. The matches they were at their best against Croatia, and they were well behaved mm-hmm. and, and disciplined. But I think everyone across that follows football would love to see Messi winning the World Cup at this stage of his career. But that that's easy said. France will be another another task altogether. Mm-hmm. And just briefly onto France, like the they were under the cosh a lot, and certainly second half against England and the, for a lot of the game against Morocco. Like, would you be taking that as a, a good sign that they came through it, or a, a bad sign that they France or that Morocco and England kind of exposed a bit of a weakness in them? I think from their point of view, it, it, it was a very positive thing. I mean, when you look at the difficulties that Deschamps is dealing with in terms of the, the team and the and, and the squad and the doubts there was before they, they went to the tournament that they hadn't been playing so well in the Nations League and um, so many defenders not available to them. And, you, you, and then you're, you're looking at them losing the midfield players and Pogba and Kante in particular. And then you know they, they go to the, they go to the tournament, and early on, they lose other players with injury, and then Pavard didn't play well in the right back position. They lose Hernandez. His brother comes in, he's done a good job. He scored a fabulous goal the other day. But all round, again, they're another team. They found a way to win the matches. They found the way. Like lost the game, Tunisia gave all the players that weren't in the, his, his best start in eleven the game. They lost that game. They just come through that and. I think I think they've been. I I thought the, the France England match was the best quality match overall of two teams, two very good technical teams, and I think France have been the most consistent team in the way they've played 
through the tournament. Uh, and that spell, as you said, after they, they got the lead goal, which brought Morocco out, which up until then we'd seen sporadically for Morocco. But now we saw Morocco having to come out and play, and God, did they play in the match. And they had sticky times. But what we saw is Canate coming into the team instead of Upper Meccano and doing really well. And that partnership with Peran was, was, was smashing in the match. It was brilliant defensive display, some fantastic blocks. And Lloris, again, had another big game, making big saves when it mattered, when it was only one nothing, And... You know, they had that bit of resilience and, and, and I mean, you, you know, you look at the midfield to Shimani and Fafana, they're, they're, they're not long in the side. They've not been around that long. And uh, yeah, they're standing up to every challenge that's been put in front of them. I, mean, I think Rabiot will come back in if he's fit for the final. Griezmann has been sensational in the middle of the field. That was a real master stroke with their chance to move him back from, from the front line back in there and he's played both as a defender nicking the ball around the edge of his own box and the tacker the run he made um, on the on the first goal the run in behind and the cross mm -hmm. and then Mbappe's shot was blocked and it comes up in the air and then they sticks it in but it, it, and his involvement and not the positive stuff he's involved in all almost all the positive stuff they're doing and then they have the threat of the, of the pace of the wide players I think they have a more they have more talent in their team than Argentina have, and they have more threats. Um, Argentina's threat is, is is Messi and what he can do and what he can make happen. Obviously, Alvarez has responded to that. But you look at the French team. I mean, Griezmann can really make something happen when he's on the ball around the midfield area, linking the play. The pace of Dembele in the wide position, the pace of Mbappe, and even if you keep Mbappe quiet. Uh, as 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 England did, they still found a way to score the goal. Griezmann whips in the, to get the winner, uh, and Giroud is a threat as well. So I think they have more threat, but you know it's still very even looking when you look at both sides. They both play similarly. They're prepared to let the opposition have a bit of the ball. They don't go for the high press. They they kind of converge in the midfield area, bottle her up, make it difficult for the opposition and they wait their moments. And then when they get ahead, they're, they're quite happy to defend the numbers and wait on the breakout. So they're, they're, they're very, very well matched indeed. And I think it, it could, the game could go on a long time. I don't I don't think there's going to be a lot of goals. If you get an early goal in the game, it'd be great and open her up. Yeah. I don't think there'll be a lot of goals. And can you call it, can you give a verdict or is it one of those that First goal of no, I, 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 I wouldn't. I just said, I think France are the better team all around, and I'm sure they'll have a plan to to deal, you know, with, with the threat of Messi. But he, he, he may only need one or two moments to do the damage. I think, I think overall, they're the better team. There's a little bit of there's weaknesses here and there. I think Quimbe has done very well in the right back position. Maurice hasn't made a real mistake yet, apart from a couple of distribution ones in the, in the game in um, fairly early on. But I think I think the Argentinian team there's more weaknesses in their side, but yet they have this passion and toughness and hardness and and you know emotion around the whole thing about the messy side of it. So it's so so finally bands I wouldn't like to call it I, do, I think it'll go as far as extra time and, 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 and if it does I'd kind of like someone to win it in extra time yeah. if it does rather than a go to penalty kicks and a, and a World Cup and one on penalty kicks I don't think that's it's it's it's, it's not satisfactory it's not a satisfactory it, it's got to be you got to find a way of doing it and sorting it out on the day 
but uh, you know, uh, I always think there, should, there is an asterisk against the team that wins the cup on penalty kicks. Possible exception of an Ireland youth team, maybe going back a little while. Yeah, yeah. Oh no, 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 no problem with that. I mean, I've no problem with, with you know, I, I often used to laugh laugh about that. In fact, I I remember in the in the planning of going to those tournaments, saying you could get lucky and um, get straight to the final by winning the group. So there was no semi-final in that in that tournament, in the under-18 tournament. There wasn't the under-16 tournament. There was quarter-points. But because the youth team, uh, under, they're really under-19 players. There's so many of them already in the first teams. They were trying to keep the number of matches down. So the way it was, it was two groups of four. And the group winner went straight to the final. And my header used to go, we might we could win the group and end up in the final and win on penalties. I wasn't predictive, but that's how it worked out. You know, was no, it's a, it can be a good thing too, but sometimes you might look at this level and go, I'm not so sure. I think I'd like the team, one of the teams, to win it in um, in either regular time or extra time. So, Brian, that's been great. Thanks very much for joining us today. Okay, it's a pleasure. And, uh, good to talk we'll to you again. You. I hope we all get a great game Sunday. Thanks very much. Dan, we heard Brian's verdict there. I suppose the question: Who are you, who are you going for? Is it is it is it Messi to to crown the career, or is it Mbappe to get the second World Cup by the age of twenty three? I, I don't know. I mean, that's I mean, that's, I mean, that's classically bad punditry, isn't it? Um, uh, yes. My opinion is I have, I have no opinion. Although you know, I know Gary the other night, and I know Gary in his column as well is, is struggling to sort of definitively come down. On one side, um, you know, because you, you convince yourself it will go one way, and then, and then you, you sort of you find something and you change, change, change your mind and go the other. And you're also trying to figure out, like, you know, how much are you wanting your the the story you want, like, to cloud your view of what might actually happen? Because, you know, you think about it, and you can see more ways that France will win. Um, I think, you know, in the sense of, um. And I know you, you know, you, you sort of poured over some of the details with Brian there as well. So not to repeat things, but like you know, they they, they have the, you know, they have a, a brilliant front four. Um, you know, Griezmann has been a sort of revelation in the competition. Um, you know, Giroud will be good, a good threat. You know, a physical threat that the Argentine centre halves probably won't enjoy. Um, and if they try and neutralize uh you know Mbappe and Dembele you have to take more risk in other departments and also as well I think um while Argentina did a very good job against Croatia in the middle of the park um they probably had some younger legs in there around maybe a slightly older Croatian side and the fact Dalic pretty much had to replace you know Brozovic was gone five minutes into the second half you know like they had to mm-hmm. refresh things whereas France um have younger legs in that department you know and they have options now what they have to be conscious of is i mean there is this this sort of bug going through the french camp you know and, mm-hmm. and unclear what it is as various sort of suggestions what it might be and there has been a lot of illness over here generally it's been a sort of afflicting sort of a you know english journalists and and um something's going around the place uh, you know a lot of people have been sick here and um, clearly, the France, you know, the French squad. I mean, you saw the scenes of Rabiot effectively being isolated when they come back you yeah. know, to the hotel after they won. 
So I mean, that's a little bit of a fear. So I mean, but there, there are reasons why you, you sort of fancy um, fancy France, uh, and also that sense that they haven't really been pushed. Like they, they keep winning, right? You know, they don't have to win and and so on. I just don't know. Like, I mean, do, am I wishing a scenario or I believe it? Um, or is it just that Argentina have got better as the competition have got on? That in Messi, like they've they've still got the best player, you know, who, who's influencing games, and the younger lads have stepped up and improved around him, you know, in terms of Fernandez and Alvarez, and um, you know, they'll have the stadium behind them. Um, I was going to ask that. Is there a lot of? There's a lot of Argentine fans, obviously, still there. I mean, you mentioned obviously fans, fans from other countries leaving for obvious reasons. Are there Argentina fans flocking in, or how is it that they just hang around still from the previous? I'm days? not sure about. I'm, to be honest, I'm not sure about flocking in. Maybe there will be, but um, in the sense that, like in terms of the stadium itself, it'll be more of them now. The final, I would say, it's a little bit more corporate. Like people flying in January for a final, there's a lot of people who would have got these tickets, um, which you know give you a route all the way to the final. Follow your team, and a lot of people okay. will, will stick with that. So, like I felt that the the neutral contingent in the semi final was bigger than it was for the quarter final, and I'd imagine for the final it might be the case again. But they, they'll still have a lot of the support and a lot of probably the local support as well. Um, but Argentina have improved as it's gone on. And, you know, as I said, like Messi's been so influential. Um, I, I feel like when I analyse it, I, I lean down on France. And yet I just have this good feeling that it might just happen for Argentina this time. I, I And and uh, maybe even that little bug and, and a little bit of uncertainty. And even the left side defensively hasn't been terrific as well. I know Canate was a bit better, but then, you know, is he unwell? Like there's a lot of sort of, Various, you know, um, stories flying around the place. Um, I mean, maybe, maybe it will fall the way of Argentina um, narrowly. But I, I yeah, that, that's what I'm thinking now. I might have changed my mind um, by Sunday. What are you thinking? Yeah, I think it's one of those kind of classic games where you have a team. The old expression of class is permanent, and that's that's France. Like they've got a, a bunch of class players who. You know, if, if they played Argentina ten times, you'd fancy you would fancy uh, France to win more games than Argentina would. The thing Argentina have though is momentum, and we spoke about this before with the the emotion of it coming through from the various games. The fact that they were in, like they, we were speaking about how long it, how long ago it feels since certain things happened. The Saudi Arabia defeat to Argentina feels like months ago, or defeat of Argentina I should say feels like months ago. And since then, they've been in must-win territory. So they've been going and going and going. And this wave of momentum that's building up behind them. Um, having said that, I just I keep coming down on the side of France simply because mm. I just think that there's too many match winners in there. Um, and, you know, in, in these these finals, I mean, it can be Zidane, it can be Zidane or Ronaldo. I think oftentimes you just end up with, with the match winners do step up. Now, obviously, they have in Ar- in Argentina and Messi have the greatest match winner of all time. I just think, especially with Deschamps, I think there, there can be a plan there with Deschamps. They'll focus on Messi, absolutely the focus on Messi. And that would obviously be the French game plan to stifle Argentina. What's the Argentina plan to stifle France? That's the question I would have. And I just think that, you know, if you drop deep, you're bringing Giroud into the game. If you step up, you're bringing um, Mbappe into the game. If you kind of go in between, you're bringing Griezmann into the game. And I just think that there's probably too many 
as I said, too many match winners with with France. So that's I also picked them at the start of the tournament. So you kind of stick with the horse you rode on in a way. So uh, yeah. yeah, it's yeah. Um, obviously like most of the predictions in this, there's no money on it or anything like that. So uh, you know, they, had I put money on it, they'd be gone. So, but yeah, I just I I just can't see beyond Messi producing something magical, which is always possible. I just can't see what way Argentina win the game. Yeah, listen, the French win makes the most sense. It, it definitely does. But, I mean, sometimes football doesn't make sense. And, I mean, we may as well just have different predictions. Otherwise, it's just, uh, it's just boring, really, isn't it? So, um, I'll, I'll lean towards Argentina uh, based on some kind of uh, act of God, if not a hand of God. Um, I think they might just... Um, I think they might do it, but uh, I mean, as I said, like it's it's. Uh, I, I I feel like it might be an extra time final. That's definitely something that's that's on my my radar. But but maybe it's just Argentina's time, and um, but then maybe that's just something I want to believe rather than something I can argue the case for. But I'll go that way. Okay. Well, we'll speak after the final and see for the final time which one of our predictions, which many of the predictions we've got wrong. We'll see which one of one of us has to be right at least. That's the only good thing on this. Uh, thanks for joining us on In The World Cup. We'll be back after the final. Watch us on independent.ie or YouTube or subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.